Okay. Mainline coil. Artificial line coil. New armature lever. Separate batteries, supplementaries. All new contrivances. It's the 11th Street Telegram, your premier anachronistic news and entertainment program, coming to you from the offices of the 11th Street Telegraph Agency. Blazanov then will speak in high voice. Keep speaking on in your low voice while Blazanov at the same time speaks highly. This From is this point on, I shall speak in a and recorded elsewhere by instruments with appropriate sensitivities. We're doing it right now. We're doing it live. Okay, please tell me, Bill, can finish the thought because it was good stuff. I was saying, I, I, I wonder a lot about whether um, if Glenn Greenwald was always a troll or if something happened to make him a troll approximately, I would say about eight years ago is when he went down the troll path. I, well, I mean, at some point, one becomes a troll i wouldn't mm -hmm. say you know is this a nature versus nurture argument mm -hmm. a little bit yeah when but did... it's like yeah it could also be that the political terrain on which like just in general shifted and so he was always the same he has simply remained the same but the like earth moved under him <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't even know who this guy is He's a, he's a journalist who, so he's the journalist that Edward Snowden chose to leak all of the shit to back oh, in 2012, okay. I guess it would have been, 2012, 2013. Right. And he right. was a really good critic. He was a really good critic of the Obama administration from the left. But now he's a critic of everybody from both left and right. Like now he's, he's sort of one of Tucker Carlson's token left-wing people that goes on his show kind of thing well um, you, you gotta keep that's your that's that, that's his go-to that's what's making his money so he's got to yeah, keep it up right yeah hey, anyway 11th street telegram already in progress enough about glenn greenwald 11th street telegram we God, got why don't you why don't you marry him bill <laughs> talk about him so much. he's already married <laughs> yes he is well Maybe you could have a poly situation going. Yeah, a little Seattle thruple, whatever they... A little uh, thruple. He actually a lives, thruple. Down in, uh, lives down in Brazil. Oh, yeah, I was looking at his Wikipedia. He has a lot to say about uh, uh, Bolsonaro. I read uh, Brazilians are into thruples anyway, so it'd probably work out mm. for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the 11th well, Street Telegram. We got Matt, we got Bill, we got Peter. Mm -hmm. For the first time? Is this the first I think time? This is, I don't think this is the first time. It's definitely no. the first time in the iteration of the 11th Street Telegram. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what y'all been watching? What you been? What you been watching? Or playing? Build. I've big been playing newses. video games. Yeah. What's yeah. The, What's the big? Tell us the whole thing. Well, From I got a place. I 
from the beginning oh man yeah. how far back do you want me to go what you told me about getting the that thing okay so i got a ps5 well, uh, how'd you get it? i had to so here's actually how I got it. Um, I was in Target one day and there were two young guys working at the electronics counter in Target. And I was like, hey, bros. I didn't say that, but I might as well have been. It, it might as well have been Steve Buscemi going, hello, fellow kids. As I walked yeah. up, right. as I walked up to the electronics holding counter. A, holding a skateboard with your hat yeah, backwards. Exactly. Yeah. It might have. It might as well have been that. So I, I saunter up to the electronics counter at uh, Target and there's two, you know, 22 year olds working there. And I was like, so you got any tips on how to get a PS5? Are there tips? And they go, yes, there are tips. And one of them tells me, uh, go onto the Target website between midnight and 6 a.m. every day and click refresh a lot of times. And the other one said, um, Get uh, join the GameStop membership program where you actually have to pay for a GameStop membership, but it's only like 15 bucks a year. Mm. And if you do that, you get an email warning you when um, consoles <laughs> will become available. I like how it's warning, by the way. Yeah. Not uh, well, notifying. Yeah. Warning. Yeah. You, so this is about to happen. So it said, yeah, okay, warning, you're about to spend $500. On this exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I got a, I got an email saying tomorrow at 10 AM, there's going to be PS five bundles. And so I was like, all right. So at about, you know, nine 55 AM, I started clicking refresh on the page of GameStop and at like 10 5 AM, all of a sudden it didn't say sold out anymore. And I just went clickety clackety, bippity boppity. And uh, there it was. So be dang. Yeah, that? it actually wasn't that hard to get uh, if you just joined that GameStop thing. I wonder if that works for the Xbox Series X's. Yes, it does, because I get those emails from GameStop as well now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you can just cancel. You can even cancel that paid GameStop membership if you want to. You just, once you've got your console, you got it. You fucking cancel it. Wait, well, that just seems disingenuous, Bill, to do that. I, mean, yeah. I know. It'd be made. so dishonest. Yeah. After all that GameStop <laughs> has been through this last year. <laughs> Does it prorate it? I imagine you. So you get your like eleven fifty back. Eleven, eleven fifty. I don't know. What, I doubt what, it. What games are you playing? All right, like, so both y'all's playing because we. This is what started the Kelsey Gabbard or whoever, whatever Glenn Greenwald or whatever guy's name was, because Matt was killing a a a troll. troll. Now, Matt, are you playing it on PC, Xbox, PlayStation? Uh, playing it on PC. Mm -hmm. Um. I have a the Elden Ring uh, is what we're talking about. Yes, yes, Elden Ring. I've been playing it. I bought a, a while back. I traded in my um, well, not traded in, but I I got rid of my big desktop and bought a a fancy gaming laptop. Mm -hmm. So I've been going back and playing a lot of games I I wasn't able to. But yeah, I've been playing Elden Ring, which is just if you're familiar with Dark Souls or any of those games where you are just this armored nameless thing with a, a sword that's eight times bigger than you, and you're running around trying to kill. Isn't it super colossus monsters that take so many uh like you have to it's all about timing and um it, not isn't it a, throwing your controller through the fucking screen every five minutes. Um, it's a George yeah. Ronald Ronald uh Martin game, right? Didn't he George Ronald Ronald Martin, yes, a creator of um Game of Meetings. He, uh, yeah, Game of yeah. Meetings. Oh, we uh, should get into this. Wait a second. <laughs> we should get into this. Bill, I told did I, I told you the story about how you just uh, you, with 
one correct sentence you really yeah i listened i listened to your previous episode okay. Okay. yeah this is funny it keeps coming up yeah. oh man yeah so, and i was like no no the book isn't like that and then i picked it back up and was like yeah yeah it's a so, it's a george r. r martin product but it's you know it's it's fun it's it's odd it's like it's very compelling a very compelling world and you know i like all that weird dark fantasy stuff is there a lot of story in it there actually is quite a bit um okay. and there's a lot of sort of aimless traveling and it's the kind of game where there are no like areas that are easier than the other like as soon as you start some of the biggest hardest people are right there uh-huh oh my and and you, yeah the biggest hardest ones and you uh they're right um, there yeah so you know it's it's oddly not as frustrating as a lot of games like that it is sort of it it, it goads you into trying again mm -hmm. it's like, oh you fucked up but i know you can do better so yeah um yeah, yeah i think i want to get it eventually once i once i finish playing the games i've got um yeah so what I, do you yeah. what do you have what are you playing now? so so <clears throat> because i got the like my bundle came with a free year of the playstation network plus there's a certain amount of playstation games that you can just get for free if they're more than a couple years old and one of them is god of war from 2018 which is a really good game it's the one where you have a little child with you yes the one okay. where you have a little child with you. it's like it's a really really good balance of um difficult combat and also good story but it's so the previous video game i had played a bunch of was an assassin's creed game one of the old assassin's creed games on nintendo switch and i got so tired of the bullshit rinky dink side missions and shit um God of War, it seems like they put a lot of thought into feel like feel making letting you feel like the momentum continues, right? Like God of War, it has a little bit of that Metroid effect where early in the game you can see a chest that you just can't get to. Mm -hmm. It's there, mm -hmm. but no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to reach it because you haven't gotten the ability or whatever yet. So it does, you know, it does want you to backtrack a little bit. But for the most part, it feels like the game keeps these sort of story momentum going all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and the combat is super fun because it's similar a little bit to what you said about Elden Ring is that you got to recognize the attack patterns um, and learn how to time things correctly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun so far. And then with Emily, we're playing this co-op game called It Takes Two, which is a game that is co-op only. Right. It's the only way to play the game. And uh, it's got a silly little premise where there's this little girl and her parents are getting divorced. And by some magic, the girl's tears turn these two dolls that she's made of her parents into real life breathing people. And so one of you is the, the dad and one of you is the mom. And you go on this like adventure through the garage and the basement and the yard and the tree in the yard. And it's the game the, is what yeah. happens to the kid so while the two little dolls are um active the actual parents enter this like fugue state like zombie state <laughs> so like you see the little girl walk into her dad's like office and he's just sitting there with this glazed expression on his face like ah, because his his consciousness has been transported to the little doll 
Um, this is kind of fucked up, I gotta say. It is a little bit fucked up, but it's as very a, a, fun. As a oh no no yeah, I'm just thinking of the the broader context. As yeah. a child of divorce who was yep. once told you're supposed to fix the marriage. <laughs> well, there, there are there are so be... many there are so many games like this now this that uh, that be have fun. become so super. I I mean I like it. I like the games as art um, thing, but uh, oh, God, as soon as yeah. you said. Uh, your parents are getting divorced. I'm like, oh god, this is one of those games where, yeah, like, I, well, there, there's there's a game that came out what? recently. I think it's called like Ten Minutes or something, where you yeah. um, you no. come in and you're trying to figure out your life, mm -hmm. um, and every ten minutes, some guy played by Willem Dafoe comes in and like strangles your wife. Yeah, For, and yeah, real? no, yeah. there yeah. there are there yeah. are games like that, but this isn't. It, even though the premise <laughs> sounds like that. In the actual, it game sounds more not, fun. The actual gameplay yeah. is, it's very okay. fun. Like because it's really fun puzzles, and it and it's it's really kind of a, a pastiche of all of the different mechanisms that video games use these days. Like for a little while, it's going to be a, it's a side-scrolling platformer where you have to time your jumps real good, and then for a little while, it's a first-person shooter where you're shooting wasps with honey, and then for a little while, it's a racing game where you're going along these. So it's like it gives you a little like twenty minutes of just super fun different video game experiences like in a row I'm still uh, so stuck it's quite fun on, i'm still stuck on like because my my friend nathan played this with his daughter who's like i forget how old she is like nine or ten mm -hmm. so i'm i'm just stuck on <laughs> like do, does the marriage get saved or is it i don't like... know <laughs> i i think i i think my guess is my guess is no my guess is what's going to happen is everybody's going to come to the realization that you can get divorced, but still have a functional and constructive oh, relationship. That's what, that's, that's where I think the game is heading. Yeah. The game is not going to head with, Oh, never mind. After going through all this shit together, we decided not to get divorced because that your, would be kind of fucked up. Your and tears I think, healed the entire relationship. Yeah. I think in the year of our Lord, 2021, that's a cancelable offense to try to make a game where that's the outcome. Right. I wonder, uh, I, we gotta i gotta do so i think now. it's gonna end up with you know i think it's gonna end up with a with a positive divorce story is my i guess. gotta i gotta see what nathan said to his daughter i gotta i gotta figure this out for off mic. is he divorced no oh, okay <laughs> no it would, honestly it might be kind of you know it's it's pretty well written you know and it's just really yep. re really well designed like it's yeah, just yeah. super fun to play i pl uh, especially with a you know a partner going back to your god of war thing i played that when i borrowed my friend uh merlin's um ps4 i played a mm -hmm. little bit of god of war um does the little kid is the little kid with you the whole game like a like a navi so. from uh, yeah from yeah Zelda. but he gets helpful you can upgrade him so like he becomes more helpful in terms of fights and he eventually learns magic spells and contribute that those to the fights and stuff like that like uh, one thing to give you an example like one thing there was this one fight I couldn't beat. I kept getting my ass kicked. And then I realized it's like, oh, I need to have the kid shoot the person, shoot the monster with arrows and distract it so that I can sneak in and bash it in the head. You know, like, and once you figure that out, it makes sense that the kid is there. Yeah. So the kid is, is way more useful than say that little shithead from the road. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah. the road. All right, did they make a Cormac McCarthy game, or are you just referring to the to the book? Well, I'm referring to the film, uh, the oh, motion picture, oh, okay. that little shitty kid that I hate so much. Um, yeah, I don't think I've, I think it, maybe I watched the movie, but I just I I read the book and yeah, I've read the book twice and I never saw the movie. 
Yeah, no, I don't think I did either. Oh yeah, uh, definitely see the film. Um, but you, you it's, will. It's uh, Viggo Mortensen, right? Yep, Viggo yeah. Mortensen, and uh, God, I don't even remember who directed it, but um, yeah, 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 I want to see it. Speaking of films, what mm-hmm. what of the Oscar nominations have the three of us seen? I mean, I think, I think the, mine are unchanged for, from the last episode. Yeah, yeah, but the the I'm saying we got to figure out which we, we got to do the list. Yeah. Okay. Here, I've seen West Side Story, Don't Look Up, and Nightmare Alley. Those three. I've seen Nightmare Alley, um, not West Side Story, and I had you <laughs> spoiled Don't Look Up for me because I couldn't take it. But you've seen more than that, too. You saw, oh, yeah. didn't you I, just watch Drive My Car? Well, that's... Yeah, I watched, oh, God, Drive My Car is great. Uh, Coda is great. Those are my two faves so far. Being the Ricardos is really good. Um, I haven't seen West Side Story or King Richard. Those are the two I'm missing. I haven't seen either of those. Um, I still, I, I was going to try and uh, fit in um, Belfast and Licorice Pizza is available to rent now. So I was going to watch that. I haven't seen those. Mm-hmm. So the one that the one that we all three have in common, I guess, is Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's it. It was good. It's real good. Matt, you're reading the book, right? That's what we talked about last time. Yeah, I'm reading it sort of off and on. Like I said, it's a little... Um, it is so packed with carny jargon that it's a little a uh, little weedy, a little difficult to... Carny uh, jargy? Carny jargy, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's really good. I, like we found out, you have the same. Um, oh yeah, American classic library book that I do that has it. Um, do you just have the one? Because it, it's of a two-part set. Do you have the second book? No, I just have that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I have a bunch of those series. Though, like uh, all of Herman Melville stuff and H.P. Lovecraft and all that crap. But yeah, I, only, I think that's the only one that I have of that. Um, of of the movies. For the best picture ones that you that you all have seen, which is your, you know, there's the what you want to win, what you think is gonna win, and then what should win. And sometimes those are those th- that's sort of the how I view the Oscars. What I personally want to win, then like what ostensibly should win, and then what I think they're gonna pick. I think. Uh... I think it's either going to be for best picture. I think what, what will probably win just based on the politics of, of the um, Academy um, uh, will either be West side story because of uh, they like anything self-referential to the past and either that or power of the dog for its, yeah, it's doggish power. You um, saw that one too, Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Power of the yeah. dog. Yeah. I did see that. Actually, I forgot about that one. Yep. What well, I think should I, I was, win is if, Drive My Car should win. I think that's yeah. so, one of my favorites. But, not to retread. But wait, wait. Matt's got been, one more to go. So, but, oh, I, but I want Coda to win. <laughs> Just because I want something that feels nice yeah, to win I, the Oscars. I, I, think I, I think I'm there with you. I think they'll give it to... I, I can't see them honestly not giving it to Power of the Dog, which I... I think they I think that's what they will give it to. And then I want Coda to win 
and uh, I think I equally should and want um, Drive My Car to Win because God, that movie's holy crap. But yeah, I think so, I'm gonna see that movie with my mom next week, so that'll be fun. You got yeah. uh, war Not much of a spoiler, but one should know. There should be a website that you can go to that says. At what times do the sex parts happen when I'm going to watch a movie with my parents? And uh, just fair warning, you know. Just fair warning, you got you got some weird, not just regular sex scenes, but kind of weird sex scenes that are woven into the plot of Drive My Car. What was that and, website from back in the day where it was just the guy Joe Blow or something where it was just like he would he would catalog and find the timestamps of every movie that had sex scenes or boobs in it. Um, Mr. Skin. Mr. Was it Mr. Skin? Mr. Skin. Oh God, the old internet. I miss you. But but it would be useful for this purpose to be like, I'm going to go see this movie. You enter in your, you enter in Mm -hmm. what family Mm -hmm. member you're Mm -hmm. going to see it with. And then it gives you an awkwardness level. Yeah. I think as a, I think as a, I think as a 38 year old, I I would feel embarrassed being embarrassed. I think I, I think my embarrassment for that sort of thing is 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 over at this point. But I, if you're I, tw- if you're 18, then yeah. I um, uh, if my if my uh, dad was still alive, I would never have gotten over the embarrassment. I would always huh. feel equally as embarrassed and would not want to be in the room. Huh. That's me. Uncomfortable. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me really. It would. But then, you know, my, but I mean, I mean, I, you know, my parents were very, you know, we watched all kinds of shit when I was a kid, you know, so I guess I had a lot of exposure. Yeah. I do, I do recall once um, watching some, I don't even remember what the movie was. And I'd already had, I never really got the sex talk from my parents because I had a brother that's five years older. So I got it super early. <laughs> and uh, I remember watching a movie sort of later at night. Uh, and there was a sex scene on, and my mom was like, she, she cornered me. She goes, Matt, do you know what's going on here? And I'm like, are you going to make me explain <laughs> what I, what, what this is? Because this, you just made what could have been a very easy thing into a, well, what could have been a yes or no answer into me explaining the inner workings of, of sex. And, uh, I think she was just having a, a go at me, but God, I still Didn't get you... shivers thinking of <laughs> <laughs> what was the story? Uh, we got to get to Bill's. Uh, uh, what should, whatever the three things that he thinks. But before that, what wasn't there a story that you told us about about your dad where you guys were watching something and he's like, "We're gonna watch this, but don't tell your mom or something." What? Was oh that? no, there's always the the thing that the the little um, uh, game of chicken my dad and I would play where uh, we had scrambled fuzzy HBO. <laughs> And uh, I would try to stay up late to watch, you know, real sex or uh, which wasn't even that sexy. It was just like hippies, you know, co-masturbating on top of a mountain or something like and or eating food (laughs) off each other. And then but then we we'd also be watching Deep Space Nine reruns and whoever went to bed first was the one that won. Like sometimes I I outlast my dad and sometimes he'd outlast me. And I, I sent that story into one of my favorite podcasts. They read it on air and they said, you know what? I, th- I think this kid was really, uh, he was horning in on his dad's jerk time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is a and blue I, podcast. Yeah, this is a we blue got, podcast. We got to put yeah. some warnings. <sighs> yeah. Warning in. What, Bill, what, do you, what are your, bringing it back to some more well Oh, I don't know, man. Your, 
your three. I, your three uh, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I, I, I have a hard time. I don't, I don't feel strongly about this in any way. Um, I guess I think that, that uh, I just haven't seen enough of the movies to have a strong enough opinion. I'm sorry. I'm being a bummer. Uh, I guess I, I would want Christmas tree. It just completely, I guess I would want West side story to win because that's the one I liked the most of the ones I saw. Um, and I think that the winner will probably be Power of the Dog just because it got the most buzz. I mean, I feel like more people talked about that than than any other one. You got a should? You have a strong should win? Or are they similar to either of them? I haven't seen enough. I mean, I, of the ones I've seen, I, I would say I'd be happy if either West Side Story or uh, Nightmare Alley won. But I don't think either of them are going yeah, to. Yeah, I, I can't say. But I think I liked Power of the Dog better than both of you guys. So I... I listened to your previous podcast and I would say that the thing that I really liked about power of the dog so much was um, the, the way the, the kid, I, I think that the story was just really compelling because the kid refused to go down the same path that Benedict Cumberbatch went down. Right. Right. Benedict Cumberbatch is like, Oh, fuck this. At first Ben Benedict Cumberbatch is like, Oh, I fucking hate this kid. Cause he reminds me of me. And then Benedict Cumberbatch is like, well, I don't know. Maybe if I can control him, then it'll work out better for the both of us and I can show him the ways of the world. And you think that that's what the story is going to be. You think it's like, oh, this is going to be the story of how history repeats itself. This is going to be the story of how one generation of closeted people passes the torch to the next generation of closeted people. But the kid is like, nope, I'm confident in who I am. I know who I am. And I'm not going to go down that path. And not only am I not going to go down that path, I'm going to fucking murder you because you're mean to my mom. So <laughs> like, that's what I was wondering. Did he intentionally give him oh, the anthrax skin or was it? Because I couldn't tell. I think it was, it was definitely. You think it was a. You think it was, I think it was absolutely. I think it was totally intentional. What was what, he not? The details are fuzzy to me. What what did he what? Are, what what's the question? No. So I was he, like, did he kill? Did he intentionally because he ran out of um, uh, material? And so Please earlier, work. the yep. kid had um, taken anthrax. Uh, stuff from a cow he found that was dead, but a cow that died from anthrax, they alluded to the anthrax issue earlier on. And then he had that cut on his hand. And so mm -hmm. he's making rope with anthrax infested uh, uh, cowhide or whatever they yeah. use. And uh, so because he ran out and the kid was like, oh, wait a second, I have this other stuff here. And like, I was wondering did he know that that shit had anthrax on it? Cause he was like sort of a, a not only that, but I think the kid biologist. may have even, the kid may have even put his mom up to the selling of all the other hides. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get my mom to get rid of all the hides that he can use leaving mm -hmm. behind only my anthrax hides. And then that yeah. guy is going to fucking die. I, 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 that like, is, oof. I, I recognize oh that, that it's good storytelling and it's, it's a thing that I missed before zero zero increases enjoyment for me i don't know why i dislike it so much i just do um but well, like I, your I mileage may vary yeah for sure mm -hmm. uh it, i don't like i just never picture myself revisiting that movie ever i could watch nightmare alley again tomorrow i could mm -hmm. watch coda again I, I almost wanted to just fire up coda right after it was done uh, hmm. drive my car i would definitely watch like oh yeah Good I mean, Lord, I've read man. that book twice, so it's yeah, yeah, cool. I I could reread Murakami um, constantly, like yeah, great stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not to, not to the, no, I'm not, like you said, Bill, your, your mileage may vary. No, but, I, uh, yeah. I'm not uh, making a objective decision. No, of course not. I didn't think, I didn't take you to. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, the Oscars. Them Oscars. I guess they're next weekend, huh? Uh, yeah. Are you guys yeah. going to watch them? I know that I'm going to be watching a soccer game that night. Maybe when the soccer game's over, I'll turn on the Oscars. I used to be a never miss the Oscars kind of guy, but lately I've been less into them. They got three uh, hosts now. They said it's the first Mm -hmm. time they've had three people, but didn't didn't the uh, didn't the um, what 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 was the three of them? Whoopi Goldberg. I think it was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I think that they hosted it one year. (laughs) Emerson, Lake, ELO did it one year. Yeah, ELO did it one year. (laughs) uh, Comic relief. That that's the three, wasn't it? Um, um, Harry Arm guy, Robin Williams. They never the three of them hosted the Oscars. They they never did. Never together. Oh, okay. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg did, and Billy Crystal did several times, but I don't. Robin Williams never did. And apparently, it's going to be abbreviated because they're going to announce winners for the less um uh exciting categories i guess uh yeah i I don't feel too strongly about it i think the oscars are already pretty stupid but like if you're gonna have an award show you might as well like it's the one time these people like best foley artist or whatever gets to be heard on tv like just let them have it let them have their nice thing yeah put it on for put it on for five hours read some names off big deal Right. Yeah, I mean, they used to be hours and hours and hours. Um, Golden Globes, even more so. Man, yeah. Well, my. <laughs> All right. Well, what's what's next on the old uh, on the old topic list here? I feel like I should be looking off to the left, also. No, I I'm getting a migraine, and I haven't had one in oh, almost no. a year. I haven't had one in almost a year. I haven't had one uh, in a very long time. This is the longest gap I've ever had. And I'm very disappointed because I really thought maybe I was over them. Well, I mean. But uh, what are you going to do? Well, right now, it's it's not pain. Right now, what I'm getting is I'm getting the visual phenomenon in my field of vision, which is why I keep looking around. Oh, Um, dang. Yeah. And that's a sign that the the migraine is going to come. Anyway, this is scintillating podcast stuff no i mean I, I'm, I'm, just saying, like, I'm just saying like should if <clears throat> should we should we call it then if you got no it. no no i'll abort if it gets to the point where i need to abort what always happens is i get this i get this aura in my field of vision and that goes for about half an hour and then it goes away and then the headache comes I, so. the the very first i've never had like uh pain with with my ocular migraines but the first time i ever had an ocular migraine was i could tell you the day because i was watching into the spider verse in the theater Mm. and i was sitting there and like you know it's it's got kind of like the background's blurry but then it's also like got the big fat like comic booky dots on there Mm. right at the same time and like things are kind of flashing like and then this thing in my field of vision starts to get all blurry and I'm like covering both eyes and trying to figure it out. Freaked me the hell out. I had to go, yeah. I had to, uh, I had to abort the uh, movie and go yeah. sit in my car. Yeah. Well, anyways, 
suppose I can't uh, I've be been, that lucky. I've been I've been watching uh, on the on a just a Criterion Channel update. Oh um, yeah, it's like the only thing I subscribe to that I don't pirate. Um, I didn't say that, but uh, they've had the this whole bevy of pre-code um, films on, which are just movies in a very specific span of time from like 1929 to 1934, I want to say, where pretty much anything went it was like the 70s um in hollywood so you could you could have crazy things you could show adultery and smoking well smoking you do but like smoking things that aren't cigarettes drug use drinking i mean the original the original tarzan with johnny weissmuller i mean there was boobies and bush and that i mean jesus and that was like 1932 what yeah uh, i'm looking at the list right now there's uh the Cocoa one, if you if, if you watch any of them, I would watch. Um, so Dorothy Dorothy Arzner um, was effectively the only um, female director of that era uh, before the nineteen sixties in Hollywood that was working, and um, uh, she did "Merrily We Go to Hell," which is about drinking and adultery and all this stuff, and. Um, I mean, yeah. they're all they're all really a lot of them are really interesting stories. Some of them are more goofy than others, but um, it was just an it's an interesting period in, in Hollywood where, um, you know, suddenly at some point then the Hayes Code came in and it was like, well, you know, you can't have these things. You can't have a kiss that lasts longer than X amount of seconds. You know, you can't talk about adultery. You can't, um, you know, show people drinking in excess stuff like that. Um, yeah, and you can't have open mouth kissing, right? Got to be. Oh yeah, and they are open mouth kissing, and merrily we go to hell all the time. Yeah, I got the. <laughs> here's the here's a description for merrily we go to hell. Uh, directed by Dorothy Arzner, 1932, starring Sylvia Sidney, Frederick Marsh, Adrienne Allen. Uh, one of Dorothy Arzner's most fascinating subversive portraits of marital dysfunction. Stars Sylvia Sidney as a wealthy socialite who falls in love with an alcoholic writer kicking off a roller coaster relationship that will drag them both through the depths of hedonistic abandon. So Sylvia Sidney, um, she played uh, the caseworker Juno in Beetlejuice. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Way later in life. And there's a very brief appearance by Cary Grant because her husband in this goes out and he uh, basically is like, you know, honey, don't let me leave or else I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, hang out with my ex-girlfriend and she's like fine do what you want and then um they have a big party and she shows up with her boyfriend she's like well if you're gonna cheat i'm gonna cheat it's gonna be like a modern marriage a modern marriage she brings carrie grant i mean that's a power move if i ever heard one bringing you know like a 28 year old carrie grant to a party (laughs) to show off to your alcoholic (laughs) shithead ex-husband so um it's it's great it's a lot of fun and they're all you know god back in the day when a movie was like an hour and 20 minutes um yeah this one is it's not telling me how long it is i don't know i i started to watch it but i wasn't really in the i wasn't i, I wasn't focused enough and i was like yeah you kind of you kind of have to be in the mood yeah yeah it's not something you just uh queue up for fun usually but that, yeah, that's what i've been plowing through this week at least 
I just watched uh, just this morning. I kind of finished it up, but I watched um, the the Green Knight, which I've been putting off for years, a year or two, I guess. It was ninety nine mm-hmm. cents on on YouTube, so hmm. watch that. That was pretty. It was pretty good. I think I told you. I texted you when I finished it, Bill, and I was like, "Huh," because it. But I, I read some reviews, and and I think I, like it's sticking with me. The uh, uh well green knight is is the dev patel um what's the guy's name david lowry 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 right he has a very big mustache oh does he Mm -hmm. he seemed just from the movie i would have guessed he had a big mustache yeah (laughs) um but yeah like everything just kind of looked like a cool uh like painting sort of um yeah it was good it was really good i like uh but i felt like maybe he was trying to say something about something <laughs> like it's about i mean i think it's about uh responsibility and acknowledging like moving past your youthful phase and your youthful dalliances and really trying to take responsibility for your actions and be responsible to other people <clears throat> maybe the, the the other take that i saw on it was uh go, fuck around in the woods for a little while um go get married uh do some crazy shit and start a war like it's your life so just do whatever i, think, I don't know i think i feel my interpretation of the movie was a pretty strong i i, I felt my personal interpretation was that the movie was telling you not to fuck around and instead face the fucking music. Yeah, I I guess, but we don't see what happens when, when he does. No, that's true. If the ending is ambiguous, it doesn't spell it out for you. Um, but I think that's, I felt that that was strongly implied, but um, I really enjoyed it. I thought everything that people said about the movie had sort of led me to believe it was going to become, it was going to be a really, really, kind of obtuse and impenetrable art film but i didn't really find it that way i found it to be a lot more sort of crowd pleasing than i guess i had been led to believe it would be it had humor to it it had some pretty good action um i don't know i guess i had people had been taught i had heard people discussing it like it was some kind of really really uh artsy fartsy thing and I didn't, I didn't find it that artsy farsy, really. Yeah, I, I didn't find it as a twenty four as some people said it would be. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and I, I've been a fan of. Um, I'm a big medieval literature guy, so Sir Gawain and the Green Knight was like, is it one of my favorite stories? And it is a lot about the story is a lot about duty and not fucking around, but also the uh, the uh, Sir Gawain is kind of like a fuck up anyway, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I like that they infuse it with a lot of interesting little fantasy elements like the talking fox and the giants and all these things. Yeah. Um, really the, the story itself just boils down to that opening part where the, the, the gambit is, is um, established and then him spending time in that castle um, with a guy and his wife that uh, tries to uh, um, um, get dirty with him, And mm-hmm. it's a little more, lyric but i like when they take those things like something like a medieval poem or 
um, a pre-medieval poem, something like Beowulf, and they're just like, oh, let's just take the the theme and the aesthetic and then just run with it. And I thought it was really mm-hmm. pretty gorgeous. Did yeah. you guys stick around for the for the stinger at the end? Oh no, is there a post credits thing? Yeah, it's it's not much. It's just the the what I assume is the female child of the um of him and the and the woman with the red hair that they have mm-hmm. in the in that kind of dream sequence. She mm-hmm. she picks up the crown that he was wearing, the like circular crown then with the like the halo thing, the halo bit on the back. She like picks it up and puts it on her head. Oh. And then um and then Hawkeye shows up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. um and then uh uh <laughs> <laughs> Yep, Samuel all, Jackson all, comes in. Yeah, says, they're all they're all eating you. uh they're all eating shawarma in the ruins of uh, Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but no, I mean the, the yeah. The That was actually it, a Green Knight was the first uh movie I saw in the theater uh after they reopened. Um, oh yep the first thing i went to see post covid shutdown was actually last summer i went to see in the heights how was that then i there, haven't seen that movie and then nothing again until nothing again until this year i guess how was in the um, heights is it worth watching i liked it i mean do you, i mean i don't think of you as that much of a musicals guy and I don't know. Am I wrong about that? Um, it's not a genre I gravitate to, but I can like respect a good movie if it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's uh, I think it's a good movie. Um, I would recommend. You know what I recommend doing? I listen guess. to it on Spotify. Listen to the cast album or the mm-hmm. movie soundtrack, and if you enjoy the music at all, then watch the movie. Is that if a, you don't like? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. if you don't like the music, I don't think you'll like the movie. Is that a Lin Manuel movie? Mm. Yes, it is. Oh boy, Mister Ubiquitous, Mister. Yeah, that that will probably be why I don't go see, why I won't watch it, or like the soundtrack. He's just yeah, he's familiar. not in the movie very much. Um, no, he's only got a very small role in the movie. I just don't. I don't like his. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm the one percent of the one percent who can't stand the hamilton stuff it's just like have you listened to have you ever listened to hamilton yes i've tried many times yeah Yeah. i just oof. i don't think you should watch in the heights then (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm being honest like i i I wouldn't it's not a movie i think you would like yeah well there we go yeah yeah i'm not much of a musical guy either i i really like uh I like filmed musicals of the 1950s and 60s um, just because like I told Peter the other week, like there's a lot of fast moving things and mm-hmm. colors and sounds and stuff that mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the music man. Um, mm. Plus it's you know, about li- it's about librarians. So I automatically have a pension. Well, so I think you might like the new West side story though, because the thing about West side story, which I thought was really good um, is it it really resembles i will say this it is much much more similar to musicals of the 50s and 60s in terms of its aesthetic and the way it's made 
than it is to something like In the Heights or La La Land or a more recent movie musical. It's, gotcha. it's made in a classic style. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's really good about it. I, I know, I'm looking at the songs from that. I know songs uh, that, that would compel me to watch this movie because mm-hmm. I've never seen it in its entirety, but I know different, I know the songs from different references. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. G. Officer Krupke was in a um, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Oh, well, man, the G. Officer, the G. Officer Krupke sequence in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story is really, really good. In the all the cur- all the musical sequences are really really good. In, in the Curb episode, there's a, there's a guy named Officer Krupke, and he's never <laughs> seen West Side Story. <laughs> and yeah, Larry's he's telling like, him he's like he's out there with the pants. He goes, you know, Krupke, you know the Officer Krupke, Krup you, but they <laughs> didn't say Krup. They had to, they wanted to say fuck, but they couldn't because you know. Yeah. And the guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking. I have about. No idea. What you're talking <laughs> <about>. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the America song. Mm-hmm. I know that song because the the Christian ska band Five Iron Frenzy <laughs> covered that, and so I've listened to that. Um, I've listened to that song like uh, Peter, millions our, our of times. Christian ska correspondent, <laughs> good old Five Iron. Um, yeah, who are still at it, and uh, now that like the one guy is a Christian, but then everybody else is not. And there's still a band. I, you know, I, uh, when you, you, when you said Christian ska band, I was gonna, I was, I immediately started racking my brain for what could this possibly be? I had no idea that Five Iron Frenzy was a Christian, um, ska. Oh, yeah. Also, they, that they formed in Denver. Oh, God. My oh, yeah. They, they, they were the, um, <laughs> they, they were the, maybe currently still are kind of the bad boys of, of Christian ska because they, they sort of interrogate the idea of like hypocrisy in the church and stuff like that. So it, it's, it, it's listenable, even if you're not a Christian anymore. So they're not like, like you know, they're not, they, they go around and they like pick on jars of clay and DC talk. And <laughs> those are the two Christian bands I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, but now, you know, now the, most of them are not Christians from what I read and it's still pretty, it's still pretty good. Still pretty solid uh, ska, I think. Um. Yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe maybe we uh maybe we ran out a little bit of esteem. Maybe we should call it here. What do you? Think? I'm trying to think if I've watched anything else. Uh, we started. Let's see. We watched one episode so far of the Righteous Gemstones. It's pretty which, funny. I've seen. It's pretty funny. It was season. actually. It's it's more of a just straight up comedy than I thought. For some reason, I had gotten in my head that it was kind of more like, say, Succession or so, and Succession is a comedy also, but I didn't. It, it it's more of a just straight up Danny McBride comedy than I kind of thought it was. I thought it was somehow a little bit more of a dramedy, but that's not the show's fault. That's my fault for for some reason having a misconception about it so i think we're going to keep watching it now that my expectations have kind of readjusted i liked what i saw i haven't i haven't picked it back up but i, I liked what i saw i think yeah. maybe the connection is that it it, it it it's not episodic like it does have a through line mm-hmm. um it's not like it yeah it's not like it like, a, like right. it's always sunny or something like that yeah right no it definitely does have a through line um and we've been watching this show on hbo called it uh the other two 
which is uh, a comedy. It's a solid B. It's not fantastic, but the premise is that there's a teenage pop star who has these two older siblings and it's a show about the like the two older siblings of a teenage pop star oh, it's pretty funny. i've been meaning to watch that because i like uh drew tarver who plays i guess the older brother yeah yeah uh, he's, he's a really great uh he does a he, he works with a lot of improv groups yeah um, he's, and he's fantastic yeah he's store brand andrew garfield that's yes what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> like i whenever i'm watching whenever i'm watching that show if I try to picture what Andrew Garfield looks like in my head, I can't. Like, I literally cannot uh, conjure up a mental picture of Drew Tarver how, just sort of pops yeah, in. Yeah, just. <laughs> it, it's, but he's really good. I mean, and his he's he's very good. He's very charming in the show. Um, he has been on thirty-five episodes of uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Okay, hmm. this makes me wanna. This makes me wanna watch that show more because yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a good show. He's, it's he's part of an improv group called Big Grande in la and they do mm. um they do a podcast called the teacher's lounge oh just teacher, these, that's right that's right yeah he's he's the bill bill cravey the guy with the the, the weird I, little voice you know I, I haven't listened to I, I haven't listened to it yet yeah. but uh but my friend merlin keeps telling me i should listen to it yeah yeah so uh that shows a solid that shows a solid b occasionally rises to a b plus occasionally sinks to a b minus is what i would say it's worth yeah. watching I started uh, uh, Severance last night, and that was oh, uh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's so fucking, good! Oh god, favorite show, favorite it's, show right now. Uh, it, yeah, it, it almost gave me a little, just a little sense of panic, um, trying to wrap my head around the dynamic of not remembering half of your day. Um, oh yeah, Let, let's not spoil it too much for no, no, no. But but uh, oh god, it's so good. And, it's um, it, it, it's like. I did not know that Ben Stiller could do this type of comedy. It's it, it it like when I think about Ben Stiller directing this, it's just weird enough, but it doesn't cross over to that like Blades of Glory level or whatever or or like right, Zoolander right. level. It's not it's not that, but there's definitely elements that are like, "Oh, I can see this character saying this outrageous thing in this very like stoic stolid kind of environment it's man it's just so good so he had so a good. he had like a prison break show that apparently was very good but i didn't see it escape from danamora yeah he's got a mini it's a mini series about a prison break that was oh. directed by ben stiller and apparently nobody saw it uh but i hear it's really really good escape from danamora yeah oh i see i gotta check it out because the uh, this this severance is like my favorite thing that i've watched in years maybe so yeah oh man Seven yeah it's great. great it's a chilling concept and everybody's great john Turturro, um his other co-worker the uh the heavyset guy that was in um crashing um he's so good i haven't seen crashing i, I he's brand new to me but yeah mm -hmm. he's great he's the he's the like crass kind of bro-y co-worker Mm -hmm. right yeah it's it's uh yeah and, and, and some of those a lot of those themes in it sort of just as you know office working people um it really gets in there and wheedles at you oh um, man but it is it is fun um in a cosmically 
cosmic cosmically indifferent and not funny way but <laughs> it is also still very funny <laughs> and it's good to see uh what's her name patricia arquette is that her name yeah yeah it it's took me a minute to, to i almost didn't recognize her but um yeah it's another one of those actors when i see them i'm like oh i'm so glad they're working oh man it, well <laughs> the, you know hollywood just doesn't have roles for women over 30 or whatever or, or however old she is yeah they really don't they really don't 60 and... she was born in 68 so i don't know that makes her, her about 10 years older than me yeah 50 yeah. something she's yeah. great in it oh zach cherry he's in uh he's in succession he was zach in cherry season... yeah he's, yeah he was in season two of succession and was great and i kept hoping that he would show up in season three but he didn't maybe he'll be in season four yeah he's just a, i mean he's not just but he's a stand-up but he sort of I think the first big thing he was in was in Crashing, and he played uh, Pete Holmes's agent, quote unquote. Okay. Um, he well, it's funny. He's like, I can, you know, he's like, well, Pete, I can probably get you a, a meeting with someone from um, um, NBC. He goes, really? He goes, you know, people on NBC. He goes, no, I'm just really good at guessing emails. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this sort of great, just low key. Um. Um chill humor about himself that's makes him a good counterpoint to uh to Turo and adam scott did um did either of you guys watch the shrink next door on apple plus no. of? Mm -hmm. oh it's so good so so good another another great apple tv plus series will there's some, uh, there's some uh, weird shit on apple uh tv there's mm -hmm. that uh well, show well, servant where uh, the they're taking care of the the fake baby um well the, i don't know if you've seen that one no the 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 shrink next door one though is it like you would think it it would be some kind of like zany uh will ferrell vehicle but it's oh that's really, the one with, okay paul rudd and will Ferrell. oh yeah ew. it's really it, it's it's sort of similar humor to to um severance where it has these kind of like zany moments but it's all very like presented in this very humorless style oh it's so <laughs> good and it and it's a true story about this guy who who uh was a shrink and and swindled people out of millions of dollars it's really <laughs> good there's got to be a high a higher percentage of capital must be invented in uh must be invested in entertainment than at any point in human history oh absolutely like, is it, it i was reflecting on this the other day it's like the amount of American fin financial capital that is tied up in producing scripted entertainment has got to be at an all-time high right now. Mm. And uh, I think we, we don't quite know what the ramifications of this are going to be yet, <laughs> right? Okay. It might all come crashing down. Like at some point, there might be a, a like, I feel like the streaming services have got to be a, a, a bubble at some point level for sure um yeah, yeah it'll all know. sort of collapse in on itself and we'll just be left with vaudeville and yiddish theater or something <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> would be i'd be fine with me yeah. um, you know <laughs> yep yeah it's crazy hey we're at, we're at about an hour how do you guys feel about me calling it at this moment yep i think we can yeah. uh, call sounds it. like sounds like a good place all right well good chatting with you dudes good so chatting with you guys until next time. Yeah. Until next Stay time. Stay by your apparatus. Stay by your apparatus.